Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Welcome to Foul Tips, the all baseball edition of the 1420 Sports Bar podcast. Listen in as Brent gives his views on the world of baseball from the big leagues to the minor leagues to little league. Foul Tips is also home of the Rick Award. And we are part of the Belly Up Network. So sit back, grab a beer, and let's get into it. Foul Tips, the uh, all-baseball edition of the 1420 podcast. I have uh, Jake Lindmeyer, the co-coach of the uh, Brooks Bombers of WCBL and uh, Brookhaven uh, Baseball. Uh, Jake, thank you for joining us down in the tavern today. Um, man, you have a busy schedule. The WCBL season's coming to a, a grinding halt right away. You guys are in a playoff hunt for the first time in Bombers history. Uh, you guys are going for it. I, I saw you guys on the weekend. You took two from Edmonton. Tough one last night against McMurray. Uh, how's Brooks, Alberta treating you thus far? Honestly, I'm having a blast. Um, home, uh, small town feel, uh, the billets are incredible. Our, uh, our team is just a bunch of idiots that love each other. Like I've, I haven't been in a dugout or a locker room like this in a while where the guys just want to spend time together. Um, you, you hear all the horror stories of summer ball coming from the States and then you go to a different country with it. And there's 14,000 people. When I live in a Metroplex of a couple million, it's different. And I've had an absolute blast with it so far. No, it's a, it's a different field. There's no doubt about that. So how does a guy from uh, Wausau, Wisconsin, uh, who coaches in Dallas, Texas, end up in the thriving metropolis of Brooks, Alberta, uh, 14,000, you said, and then you added the mosquitoes and everything else. It's a, she's a different, uh, she's a different place. So Brooks, Alberta, but how do you end up in Brooks? So I was looking for a, just a change. Um, I was the youth director of a baseball org down there, as well as being the assistant coach, not getting paid a ton, wanted a change for the summer. And I saw this job posted, uh, by Jason Wandler on ABCA. Um, which is a coaching website in the States. Um, and then I reached out, 
And then Bryce and I got hooked up. I actually turned the job down in March. And then in May, I said, you know what? Let me just call him again. And it was still open. So I took it and uh, I left two and a half weeks after I took the job and showed up. The It was eventful for sure. I'm surprised Wandler, Wandler uh, ret- returned your email after you refused him the first time. I've known Wandler for geez, a, a long, long time. We, we, we've been uh, friends for a long time. Uh, Jake, you were just kind of what we talk, started talking on the field. Uh, you're a friendly guy out there. We started talking back in. I think our first game I had with you was early June in uh, Medicine. No, it was in Brooks, and we met each other in Medicine a few days later. Uh, you were a catcher in your playing days. Uh, what's the biggest change from when you were a catcher to what you see now with catchers now that you're coaching? Um, I mean, we can we can beat a dead horse and talk about the one-knee-down stuff and moving the baseball, but um, the biggest thing that I've seen is it's a more athletic position now. Um, you You look at guys moving the baseball you look at the stance setups and things have changed but the the biggest pieces of catching is still the same catch the ball throw the ball keep your pitchers rolling and keep a relationship with an umpire that's kind of where i wanted to go with this considering i uh i have the pleasure of uh, officiating this sport with you crazy guys out in the field there uh multiple times a week sometimes more than i want to be out there but it's a it's, it's, it's a job i guess yeah, you're a friendly guy out in the field. Um, you get you seem to get along with not only your own players, the other team, the other team's coaches. You, uh, and uh, me and you get along quite well in the field so far. I think I'm unless you like how how depending how the playoffs go and how the where I end up for the uh, the playoff matchups that come along. Um, why do you feel that's important? to Have a good relationship on the field with not only the opposing team but with umpires. Well, in summer ball, it's a little bit different. We got a bunch of kids that are out of school, trying to make a name for themselves, maybe get a chance to play at the next level. Um, I'm just here to have a good time, honestly. Like, I, I want our guys to have fun. I want it to be loose. That's what it's all about. Um, but with the umpires, as much as I want to yell and scream at all of you, it's not going to do me any good. So it's if I can develop a relationship with you guys and kind of get to know you, and say I come back and we have that relationship where you're not walking into the park thinking, oh, shit, I got to listen to Lindy all or cheese all day. Yeah. He's just going to be down my throat like that. That's. Well, that's we had a laugh at it. Like you had your first ejection, in your coaching career, and I had my first ejection in over 20 plus years, pretty much right around the same time. So we had a we kind of had a chuckle about it because I'm not one to go out and, and look for trouble or, or even find trouble. Um and you, you seem to be the same way out in the field. Cause I, I really think that that, um, I don't think it helps a baseball game by any means. Some coaches believe that you want to fire up your team by getting thrown out of a game. I, I think it's a, it's a complete negative effect on a baseball game. Like in every single time you have too many people who get pissed off. I, I don't think it helps a game at all. I, I think if you do it in the right way, there, there is times that it is beneficial to a team. But you also have to have the right dynamic in a dugout to understand, like, the coach is doing it for you. You need to keep your mouth shut. So how do you pass that knowledge now that you're, you're a little bit older, you're not squatting behind the plate anymore? How do you pass that, that knowledge on to a catcher that, okay, just, like, what do you say to your catchers now that you got some guys? Because your guys in Brooks are pretty good. They're, I've worked a couple of games behind the plate. They're pretty good. They don't say a whole bunch, just enough. They're, they're an inquisitive, but they're not rude. 
How do you pass that knowledge on to the, the your catchers saying, okay, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do with umpires. And like, what, what's, what's, what's your, the first thing you taught your catchers this summer and then going into back into college, what's like one of the first thing you teach a new catcher that you're dealing with? So I, I see where they're at. So obviously I want them on a first name basis with you. I don't want blue or sir. I think that's, I mean, I haven't wore I, blue in 20 years, but yeah. anyways, that's another yeah. thing. <laughs> so I, I, I call, I mean, we tell all of our guys and that's even down into like the 10 year range, get to know them by first name. They're humans. And one, once you can break through that barrier, I think it opens up a lot more. And um, for me, what I want them to do is I want them to be a partnership with you almost as much as they are with every pitcher that steps on the mound. Because at the end of the day, if we can get you not on our side, but at least working with us where we're talking, zones, it, we're going to be more beneficial. And then in the fifth or sixth or the second game that we have with you, if we think you miss a pitch, you're not going to take offense to us saying, Brent, where the hell was that pitch? Like, well, that's exactly it. It's, it's quite e- like there was a one situation. Uh, I think it was last week with uh, Dion Reese in medicine hat. He was catching and um, he thought a pitch was a strike and he just goes, Oh, I wanted that one. And I said, well, yeah, maybe I missed that one. It, 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 you don't have to yell and scream as opposed to if um, whoever the coach is that started yelling from the dugout, that he thought it was inside or outside. Cause like you said before, you can't, you can only see up and down. Right. And uh, so I I've learned over the years to not say it's up or it's down because you can see that. Whereas like uh, Dion said, I wanted that one. It wasn't out. And it, he wasn't rude. He, he said it, he said it away. Like when the batter was out of the box and he said it under his breath, just enough where it's like, nah, you, you might've missed that one. It's more beneficial with, with that relationship with a catcher than it is to have everybody barking down your throat because people are going to, are going to screw up. Infielders make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. Umpires make mistakes. That's what make, makes our, our game so great. So do you pass that on to like, to the catchers? Like, okay, you might get upset because these kids are full of testosterone. They're 18 to 22 years old and they're going to be animals at times. Do you pass it on to It's not going to really benefit you to be a, an asshole. I mean, so we got a kid from New York. And a kid from Chicago, Little both, hard, both, I mean, they're, they're great kids, but competition comes out in them and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And what we do is we want to have the conversation as far as like, you can get pissed off at a guy and you can let him know he messed up, but as long as you're not down his throat, let me do that. It, if you let me get on him, and you tell him, hey, where was that or whatever? Like, I had that relationship when I was playing with all the umpires that I worked with. I'd look at him. I said, dude, we can't. That ball's not off or that ball's not up. Like, yeah. you either need to lock in or get a better view. And that's where I think the video that you actually asked me about on Twitter, um, the first question, can I help you? If, if I'm missing a strike or missing a corner, can I set up better so you can see it? Like, and if, if we can develop that where we're making changes before we go off on this guy, every umpire sets up differently, even though they're not supposed to, every guy's a little bit different. So we always talk about body angle. We talk about angles back to the plate. Do we need to hide from it? Do we need to show him more? And once we can figure that out, we're going to be able to get more calls. 
Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. Like you, like we, after a game, we, uh, because we don't have an evaluator that comes around anymore for whatever reason, that's another story for another day. And we'll, maybe we'll get into that, uh, in a different show once the season's over, but, um, we talk with each other and what they could have done right and what they could have done wrong. And I'll say your head height was not good. You're, you're too far back. You're too far forward. You're getting blocked out. Like all the, the stuff that I can see, especially when I'm on the inside of the field, you can see a lot more of that when I'm on, out on the sides, you can't see that as much, but you, you do need to have a good relationship with a catcher. And if something's messed up, because there, there are catchers now who set up late. And so you're moving all over the place. And the, the, the one knee thing, um, that drives me crazy because then they're moving all the time. Like right, even when the pitch is coming down, down the lane, these one knee guys are moving right to the bitter end. I mean, I, I like to get our guys set up early. And I mean, it's a conversation that we have with our catchers right away. We want your body on the plate 60%. And we don't, we want you set up early. One pitchers don't like focal points moving. And that's why we tell guys not to look at the glove. And two, you have to get set up. And the later you get set up, the more opportunity there is for you to miss pitches. Yeah. And there's nothing around it. Like it's no one's fault, but the catchers, if he's not set up, you can't get set up. There's no way. Like, cause if you get blocked and miss a pitch, you're going to hear it from both sides. Like there's just. How do you get your catchers to, to get in a, cause me personally, I like when a pitcher and a catcher and umpire are all in sync and are working fast. Mm-hmm. Can you please get that going around this league somehow, some way? Because it seems that it it drags a lot. And like if things get going and a, a, an umpire gets used to calling strikes, he'll call strikes. Because we're, we're, we're there, we're there to call outs and strikes and get the heck to the bar or whatever afterwards, right? Like it's like let's get this going. Because no one likes a, a three and a half hour, four hour game. So a pitcher's yeah. throwing strikes and working fast, it's more beneficial to the game in general. The fans enjoy it a lot more too. Yeah. I mean, there's things that you can put into play, but I mean, I don't think the pitch clock is an issue. I, I don't want to see that come in, but it's it's one of those things is we're not professional players here. There There's a couple kids that are going to go have the opportunity to do it. But if we're getting a 21 inch zone, a ball either way out, out, out and in yeah. and go a quarter ball down and get it to the letters. I mean, it's big. Th- this is being recorded now. So wait, I can, I can use this now. This is a thing. No, I get it. Fine. But yeah. it, if we're consistent with it. And I think we talked about it yesterday. If, if you're consistently big, you're not going to have those balls that get missed in the zone. Now, I was talking to Jordan before he went a little bit uh, haywire the other day on the field, and he was saying the same thing when he was a hitter. Uh, when he played 100 years ago, he liked the bigger zones, and he he would come up swinging. And if he was leaving it up to an umpire to change things, it would really screw up not only the hitter but the catcher as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's one of those things. Like you look at the zone now, a guy starts running it up with some velocity and starts spinning it a little bit. Maybe we can push it down a little bit because hitting a 92 mile an hour fastball at the letters is tough. Yeah. But it it's one of those things. It's if, if you got 85 to 87 on the mound, which a lot of this league is. Yeah. If he's got two pitches, he should be able to work effectively in this league. If if he's going to sit there and have to throw it over the absolute white all day long, 
he's not going to do it consistently. Like we're if we expand it a little bit, you'll get gripe for two innings, and then everybody's going to realize, okay, the zone's big today, and then it goes away. Yeah, that's what I I kind of try to like with a fastball. I'll call a fastball up because it's it's there, and mm-hmm. it's 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 hittable. It's it's there. Like you don't want to have your pitcher living up there anyways, but. If it if it's there, but if it's a breaking ball up and it comes down, that's a different story for me. Yeah, that's just me. But if it's a fastball that's just across the plane, it it hasn't moved a bunch. It's 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 up a little bit. Call it a strike. Hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's quite that thing. Uh, what uh, tricks have you learned as a coach to uh, like Jedi mind tricks as a coach you didn't know as a catcher that you wish you would have known when you were catching like in the last uh, X amount of years since you've uh, been on the baselines, not behind the plate. I mean, I've had a couple good one-liners come out of the dugout. I mean, there's a reason I've only been thrown out one time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but just being able to talk to him in between innings, um, having that relationship where you can go have conversation. And um, I think the thing that I wish I would have known the most is honestly the way that we catch now, moving balls back to the plate. And yeah, I mean – my knees would be thankful if I got to catch off a knee a little bit longer, but um, catchers can change the attitude of a game quickly uh, mm-hmm. with an umpire, with the, the with their own bench. Um, if a, if a coach or a manager, or skip whatever you want to call them, if they go, if they ask the catcher where was that, and they re, and the catcher reacts negatively. That can re- not just the umpire might get pissed off. Cause I, I mean, I personally don't care if I missed it. You can tell me, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. I, missed, I missed it. I missed it. Sorry. I'll say sorry. But if a catcher says something to the entire bench, he can get that bench on the umpire and that can cause just a disaster for your, for, for that team. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. We, uh, I mean, you can use the open and closed hand. You can use the glove on glove off. Yeah. Grab your mask if it's a strike, that type of stuff. I mean, there there's ways to tell me, yeah, it's a strike, and not, no, he just missed it. Like, I, I love watching teams. A coach asked where it was. I don't know. Uh, well, that yeah, does, the, the the hand shrug and the shoulder shrug. I don't like that one. No, like it's because, like because then then the sometimes there's four thousand people behind you going off. Oh, fuck the umpire doesn't know where it's going. And, yeah. and if the catcher doesn't know, then and they don't know, and it just causes a wreck for everybody for, for on both sides. Yeah, it. I hate the shoulder shrug myself because it it's not it's not beneficial. Now, late in the game, big play, he throws his hands up. I mean, I understand it there, but at the same time, like throwing your hands up does nothing for us. Tell me it's a strike. Tell me like you can tell me quietly you missed it. Yeah, and. After that, like, if I need to go talk to him and get it out of him that he missed it, okay. Like, I'm I'm fine with that. I I think I've developed a relationship enough now with most of you guys that it, if I have something to say, I'll plead my case. If a if a guy's having a bad night behind the plate, like the umpire wise, and you like know the- it and you see it, and it happens, it it happens. I mean, I I had one twenty years ago. Um, <laughs> um, if a guy's having a bad night, do you try to get your catcher to console him? Not console him, like rub his nuts a little bit, say, okay, where'd that miss? Because he ain't going anywhere and you still got to get the game done. Like, how do, yeah. you, how do you as a coach deal with that? And how do you get the catcher to maybe 
rub the umpire's nuts a little bit and give, give him the angry beetle a little bit, like a little. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give him. I mean, we'll we'll just have him try and have the conversation with him a little bit. I'll go out to him in between innings. I'll crack a joke about how bad he's been, like, and it, hey, we all have bad nights. It's okay, but you got four innings to go. So, Ooh. like, but it, I'm not gonna go out there and just mf the guy because he's. Like he's having a bad night. You can you can tell when a guy's having a bad night. Like, you know, no. like the umpire knows. Like there's yeah. no way. Like there's no way when a guy sitting in, in the locker room afterwards taking his crap off and he had a, he had a crappy night. There's no way he's just having. I hope. I mean, there probably <laughs> are guys in this league and throughout leagues right across North America that. But in general, when guy a guy has a bad night, he's pretty quiet in the locker room afterwards. Yeah, and like again, he's human. I'm not trying to beat a guy down, but it. When you're having a bad night, don't cause any more attention to yourself than everybody already knows you having a bad night is. That's 100%. And that's, I mean, that's part of the reason I got uh, dumped the night I did because it it turned into, let me show you how much I know. Like, don't go to the rule book. Don't tell me up and down. And, like, don't try and show me how good you are. Like if you, if you can just control the game and be there and if you, if you determine a rule and that's how you go by it and that's how you're calling it, I can't argue it. You're in control of the game. I can ask you to go get help. I can do whatever. But at the end of the day, once you make your call, it's finalized. The uh, the, the best way that. to get through a game is game. Like you said, game management for me and just get through it. Like I, uh, me and Brandon Oberg, we, we do this thing. I, I count outs every game. Is, is 54 out or it could be 51. And then the other day when we had the double header in, in your guys' park in Brooks, uh, when we were driving there, I said, well, it's an 84 out game, 84 out day because it was two sevens. It ended up being a long, long afternoon. But um, it's game management and, and getting outs is how I deal with it. Um, how do you, like with hitters now, one thing that makes me absolutely bananas is when a hitter asks, is that top? Is that out as far out as you'll go? Is that bottom? When the, I had a hitter this year, and he asked for every pitch. Um, pretty good player, not great, but he's pretty good. And every pitch he's asking, dude, swing the bat. And he asked me finally, is that as far out you, as you'll go? And I said, if you ask one more time, I will go right to that dugout. I'll go as that far out. Like, just quit it. Do you get, like, what do you say to your hitters to, to when they, they start questioning the umpire? So we teach it. We don't want it every pitch though. Right. Like it first at bat, get to know a guy. Hey, is that as far as you'll go? Is that as far up as you'll go? That type of stuff. Yeah. I'm good with it in the first at bat, but if you're asking in the sixth, like you're asking for help and yeah. like that, that drives me nuts. Like we tell our hitters like at the college level or at the college anyways, Look at someone that's similar to you and then see how they're pitched. That's how you're going to be pitched until they get to know you. So it, if you're a 6'4 donkey hitting behind a 6'4 donkey, you're probably getting the same sequencing for the first two games. Yeah. So pay attention to it. And like we keep tendency charts on what guys are thrown. And the more you know what you're looking to hit, I mean, I look at the guy that played in Canada for a while, Vladdy senior, like that dude hit balls from everywhere, everywhere. And it's, it's one of those things. Like, bouncing he was swinging, but 
if you have good back to ball skills, which a lot of these guys don't realize how good their hands are, go attack something. If it's a ball out, if it's a ball down, if it like look at Denver Blinn with us. Yeah. Balls that are two, three balls off the plate and has barrel to them. But he's looking to swing. He's looking to go do damage. No, he's a, I like him. He's a, he's a good player. He uh, needs a bigger glove some nights than some nights <laughs> out there. But he's uh, in general, you know, he's a good good little player and he plays hard. And he uh, he doesn't say say a whole bunch. He plays like a, he's a polite kid. I, I quite like him. Um, we'll get off of this this umpire. Well, not forever, but we'll do umpire coach uh, catcher relationship. Have you had to pull a catcher? even though he's having a pretty good night, but he's just not getting the calls or he's just so flushed with the umpire and it, you, you can just see it. It's not getting, it's not going to get any better. Like the umpire ain't going anywhere. The coach ain't going anywhere. The only thing you can really do is, is replace the catcher because maybe the umpire and the catcher just aren't, don't mix and he ain't getting the calls or he's just, things have just gone sideways. I haven't had to do that. I've thought about it many times, but I haven't had to. I, I could see a defensive replacement late in the game where we're trying to get something, but um, I try and get who's umpiring the day before. So I know like, especially at the school, cause we get a lot of the same guys. Yeah. And if I know a guy doesn't clash, he's probably not catching. Yeah. That probably comes in pretty handy. I mean, there isn't many guys that I, I don't like working behind in this league. Um, you see everybody pretty much. It's said two or three times a week. And you get to know them a little bit. It's a pretty quick, uh, quick turnaround. This league, it's done in. Well, it seems it seems quick, but it seems to be dragging at times too. Um, yeah, it's it's not a bad thing. The, when an umpire makes a mistake, do you do you appreciate when they say, "Yeah, I missed it," or do you want them to not say that because it puts a bit of doubt in your mind and the catcher's mind that, "Geez, this guy doesn't know what he's doing." I don't mind a guy saying he missed it. Like it, it happens. Like I don't need him to show me and say, Hey, I missed it. Like, what do you want? Like come up to me in between innings. Hey, I missed that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, but if we're doing it three and four times a day, like that's where we're going to have issues. Yeah. Cause I had one in the uh, CCBC level, uh, Okanagan actually at the championship. Um, what's his name? Caleb Lumbar. He coach, he, he catches for uh, Okotoks now. Mm-hmm. And the, the game was out of hand. O- Okanagan was killing. I can't remember where they were playing. It was 13 or 14 to two kind of deal. And uh, there was a pitch that I thought was going to move and it didn't. And I called it a ball. And as soon as I said ball, I went, fuck. And, <laughs> and, and, and he laughed. Caleb laughed. I said, yeah, don't tell your coach to laugh the game about this. He goes, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Not a big deal. And so it was, it's good to have that relationship. And I said, yeah, I, I, I just missed. I was too quick on it. And I call it a ball, and I shouldn't have. And uh, it w- it went that went well in in my favor because they they know like I'm a human being just like they are. I'm not out there to, to cause a ruckus. Do you, is there something like there's there are got umpires out there in this league and in every league that are out there to cause a ruckus and uh, show you that they're the smartest man in the room, and uh, they're out there being a police officer and not an official. How do you deal with those guys, and how do you get your catchers to deal with those guys? Well, I know that you only got nine innings with them and someone else will be back there tomorrow night. Yeah. Like, I I think you touched on it. Um, you, you made a call too quick. There, There's that little two-second window that you have. Yeah. 
And I look at guys that make the call as soon as they can. And it's like, just wait, you, you're rushing. You're, you're trying to Nothing be so time. Bad. And then you got the guys that take too long. So you got guys looking back at you. And I think that's where you're going to have issues too, is if you hold it and wait on it and a guy gets two steps out of the box before you ring them up. Now, now we're going to be just freaking out. Like the guys that flinch that you just sit there and like, they jump up on every pitch and it's like, is that a strike? No. Okay. Okay. Good enough. Uh, What's the best advice that you were given when you started to, like you, you've been coaching for a few years now, what's the best advice that you've been given um, from head coaches or wherever you've been uh, since you started coaching on how to deal with umpires and how to get your catcher to deal with an umpire in a, in a proper manner? Like who, and who gave it to you for starter? Like who gave you this advice and what was it? So, I mean, there's a couple of them. My head coach in college, uh, Mike Holichuk, um, he, Anytime he went out to argue, he would walk. Oh. He would walk out there, and then he wouldn't. He wouldn't yell, scream. He would ask, "What do you have? What do you have?" Yeah. And it's hilarious doing it with umpires that don't know how to control it, because they're expecting you to come out and want to get in a yelling match, and in turn they freak out. Most guys are in control, but you'll get the occasional like, well, uh, what did you have? I, I'm just trying to figure out what you had there. Yeah. And then if I disagree, then I can kind of get into it with you. But if I'm just coming to yell and scream. Then I can I'm, yell and scream back. Yeah. And nothing, and nothing gets and solved. And everybody's every just pissed off. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Like I, I can yell stuff from the dugout and le- learn how to do that. But I think just, being able to befriend the guys that are calling a game is going to take you a lot farther. Like we, we have, we have one year in now officially with four games left. We're one, we're one year vet coaches. We're not, I mean, we're still rookies, but it's one of those things. We know most of the guys we're getting now, you know, our faces, you know who we are. We have a reputation now. We have a rapport with you guys. Once you develop a good rapport, you can have a bad night where you want to MF the world and let a guy know, and you're probably going to stay in a game a lot longer. Yeah, I mean, I used to say, like, I got, I had two this year. One might have been a little quick, but I, I, I kind of had to do, in, in my opinion, I had to do something because they, they were yipping from the first pitch, and then it continued on and on and on. And I said, it's only the second inning. If I don't do something, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. 
Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Because telling them just to shut up ain't working. Yep. Um, I had to do something that they knew. I was like, okay, we're not doing this all night. And that was, so I had to, I don't like throwing guys out because then I got to do a report afterwards and that's my time to have a Bud Light and whatever I want, right? So having to do a report afterwards and then trying to recall the situation and not not get emotion um, involved in that report and actually just want to tell the truth, that's a, a tough thing to do three and a half, four hours later. Mm-hmm. And and just, there was a, like, I threw the guy out because I, I, I felt that it was going to be a, a long night for me no matter if I was right, wrong, or indifferent with every call that I was making. So I said, well, that's enough. Like, th- this has to stop. The catcher actually came out, and he had put for, for it was for Regina. I'm not going to, they probably aren't going to listen to this anyway, so I'm just saying. But it was, um, he came out, and he actually apologized for the coach's behavior. Like, he was like, yeah, you probably, you were, you were right to do something. Um, but then there's guys that, that have a quick trigger, a trigger, and want to throw guys out just so they can throw guys out and they can tell their wife at, over dinner the next the next day for, for breakfast that throw guys out. And that's one thing I will never understand, why you want to get, get guys out of the game. So there's been a few instances that I felt like I was on a, a high school or younger diamond in this league with guys with quick trigger. And it's, it's one of those things, you're dealing with college guys that have more freedom than they do at school. Yeah. They got to be respectful. But at the end of the day, if they don't agree with you, you might hear a swear word on the diamond. You might. Whatever. It is what it is. I mean, I saw a kid get thrown out for a standoff and we hadn't even done the ceremonial first pitch yet. And it's Bro, like. I saw, I, I heard about that. And then I, I went back and looked at it and I, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was shocked. It's one of those things like you're, that's where you get teams to turn on you. And there's not going to be a happy relationship anytime you're on that diamond. No. And it, that's a problem. Like it just as much as we need to, I mean, keep our mouth shuts at times. I know that we, we've gone over, we, we had a conversation about it three weeks ago. I know we've done that, but at the end of the day, it's a two way street. And if there's no accountability on both sides, it's just going to turn into a mess. Like, yeah, the thing that I found about this league over the years, been doing this for quite a few years now, is that in general, like the players while they're playing, they want to win. The coaches, they take it home with them, but the players, when this, when the game's over at night, they don't care. It's over. They're thinking about God knows what else afterwards. But when they're at the field, they want to win. The mm-hmm. fans care more about winning. The management cares more about winning. The players just want to play a game and go have some fun, especially in, in summer baseball. They don't have a long-term allegiance to it like they do with their schools. They they might come back for a second. They might come back for a second, rarely a third. Very rarely do you see the same coaches year after year in this league. So it's... It's funny when when umpires get so worked up about a game that not many people care about when it's all said when it, when it's over. While it's happening, they care. But when it's sometimes it's the seventh inning, they've already checked out. So it's it's just odd that people get so worked up about something that d- this doesn't really matter to a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the testosterone in the room, yeah. right? It 
we have a bunch of competitive guys that if they get if they get screwed in their mind on a call, they're going to have their opinion. If they're not getting in your face, if they're walking away, turn your rabbit ears off. Like guys, it's, hear everything but don't listen. It make sure it's not egregious. Make sure it's not going to turn a kid away from the stadium, and and move on. Yeah, let the fans do that. They, they get a little aggressive sometimes in the uh, in the what's that called the flight deck. <laughs> I knew when Wandler, if you listen to this, I knew when you guys put that in there that that was a disaster waiting to happen because the dugout is so close to third base and the yipping that was going to happen from people drinking Bud Lights up there for seven and a half inning was a was not a good idea. That's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. But that's, anyways, that's home field advantage, and I love every single person that goes up on that flight deck. We don't have a, the thing is though, Jake, Jake. We don't have a home field. You know, as umpires, we're always on the road. Don't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> In somebody's eyes after he's had 14 Bud Lights and three piston brokes or whatever, it uh, it can change change the outlook. Jake, uh, what's the 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 once we'll get into the WCBL thing in, in a second in a after quick break here. But what's one thing that you have taught both of your catchers this summer that you're most proud of? I think so. Jimmy Costin is a little bit more. Pro style, I guess, is the way to say it. Um, he, his cousin, is playing in the Twins organization. Um, he's been around it a little bit more as far as a pro style. We we've gotten to talk a little bit about body awareness, umpire relations, as far as like body positioning, um, glove movements, how to clean stuff up. We've done some throwing stuff. Chris Akers probably has one of the best amateur arms I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, he's got a cannon. There's no doubt about that. There's no way around it. And I think learning when to host holster, it's been a huge thing for him. Um, Cause he's, he's a kid that loves to throw, loves to back pick and there's times for it. And there's times to sit on it. And I think teaching him some of that stuff and then um, really working his glove because when he got here, it was, um, it wasn't the best to put it that way. Yeah. And he knew that. And I think he realized that when he saw Jimmy start catching and um, his glove over the two months that we worked together is leaps and bounds better than May when he got here. And it, it's been fun to work with him every, every day for 20, 25 minutes, just touch on a topic and go. And um, they've been really receptive to it. They're best friends now. They're, they're and that's odd for guys battling for, for playing time. That's it, for, for them to be friends like that. That's strange. It's good. They, yeah, it, it really is. Like, but they hang out all the time. And it's it's really fun to see. Like two guys that push each other. We were in Moose Jaw for two, and Akers had the first game, and or sorry, Jimmy had the first game, and Akers and I were just riding him for nine straight innings. Yeah. Like giving him the business, everything that he did wrong. We were yelling at him. We were we were just giving it to him. And then the next night, Jimmy and I did it back to Acres, and we had we had a blast with it. Like kept, catches a ball and gets a strike. And said, "Hey, you can do it. Good." And there you go. like they're running down the line, and we're making them laugh, is having to put their mask back on. Like it's been fun to work with them for sure. No, that's a good thing. No, you guys have definitely improved. We'll get that. We'll take a break here. We'll get into how your teams improved over the year. But I think you guys are the most improved team that I've seen in this league. And I've seen every team except for Swift Current so far this year. Um, yeah, you guys, like, you're 
you're improved a lot. You got off to a really rough start. And if you, if you would have won three or four of those games in your first in the opening, you wouldn't be uh, where you're at for these last four. You got some tough ones coming up in uh, Sylvan Lake and Okotoks. So uh, you put yourself in this position, but I think, I think you guys will be fine. I think you'll get, you'll get through it. Yeah. I can say that now because I'm not part of any of those games. So I can say whatever I want. I'm not uh, no one can come back on me on that. So no, uh, Jake, thanks for joining us on, uh, on follow tips, the 1420 podcast. We'll uh, take a little break here and we'll get uh, into how your, your season's been going. We'll talk a little WCBL, uh, the 1420 podcast brought to you by SeatGeek and SeatGeek.com. Use promo code 1420POD. That's 1420POD for 20 bucks off your first purchase and uh, save yourself some uh, money for some beers. You are never too old or too cool to show support for your favorite team. Fans Edge, who's an affiliate of Fanatics, has everything a sports fan could possibly be looking for. From hats, to apparel, to giftware and memorabilia, Fans Edge is the place for you. With hassle-free returns, free shipping on order of over 100 bucks in Canada, and free shipping on all orders in the continental United States, Fans Edge makes it easy to get what you want when you want it. Just click on the link on our Twitter and Facebook accounts, and that will take you directly to our Fans Edge affiliate pages, and you can start shopping. Every time you purchase something from there, it supports the 1420 Sports Podcast as we get a percentage, and that's a good thing. So go to Fans Edge today for all your fan gear needs. Are you thinking of going to a game or a concert in the coming days ahead, or do you already have tickets and want to upgrade where you're sitting? It's simple. Go to SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. They have tickets for all sports going on right now, as well as concert tickets to shows throughout North America. And to make things even better, use promo code 1420POD, that's 1420POD, and receive 20 bucks off your first purchase. Once again, that's promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. Hi there, it's Dave from 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. We decided to give Brent a break and give me the read tonight for Manscaped. Manscaped is uh, happy to join up with us for the Nut Up Challenge. We're going to feature some of the most clutch moments in sports history by athletes who nutted up and went legend. Be sure to vote for your favorite moments on Twitter and Nut Up as well with Manscaped. Going to manscaped.com and using our promo code 1420 SCAPED today. Fourteen Twenty Sports Podcast is happy to be teamed up with Newsly. Newsly transcribes web articles around the globe and reads them directly to you. Keep your eyes on the road or on the game with Newsly. Newsly also carries podcasts from forty countries around the globe, including the Fourteen Twenty Sports Podcast. Download the Newsly app for all your Android and iOS devices today at www.newsly.me or click on the link in today's show description. And be sure to use the promo code 1420SPORTS, that's 1420SPORTS, for a free one-month premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening. 1420 Sports Podcast Foul Tips. I'm sitting here with Jake from the, the Brooks Bombers. Uh, Jake, we'll talk about your team a little bit here and how you guys have been doing. Like we discussed in the last segment a little bit, you guys got off to a rough start. It looked as though you weren't going to win a game for quite some time. You were stuck at two wins and ten losses, and, and now you're battling for that last playoff spot in the, uh, in the Western Conference. What's changed so much for your team since those first 12, 15 games? 
So we started two and 11 and our two wins were walk-offs. Like it, it was just one of those things. Like you couldn't, you couldn't figure it out. Like the days we would pitch, we wouldn't hit the days that we'd hit. We wouldn't pitch. And it, it was frustrating. We, we weren't getting blown out. We got walked off a couple times, um, couple, two, three run games, nothing crazy. And we, we told our guys like weather this storm, we promise you we're good enough. We have this team together. It'll turn around. And then we want, then we went up to Fort Mac and we win. So we lose the travel day. We win game two and it's Wednesday. And the guys did some team bonding after the game. And all of a sudden there was a different demeanor. We, we lost a close one to a pretty good pitcher in game three and we won game four. So we lost the third one and then won the fourth and we doubled our win total. And we were like four and we ended up being four and 13. And you would have thought we were 13 and four after winning that second game. Like the guys just had a different demeanor about them. And then we ran off a three game win streak and then slowly, but surely started making some moves, had a week where we forgot how to throw balls in the strike zone. It might've been umpire related, but we're over that topic. And then then all of a sudden the back half of the year, we were, I mean, we're since that two and 11 start were what? 23 and 15. That's real good for this league. That's real good. Most teams are end up right. Like you got your superstar teams, like uh, your, your Okotoks who I think can be beaten. Uh, Sylvan Lake. I, I think the teams in the East are pretty good with Moose Jaw. They can hit. I think Regina can pitch a little bit, but I think you guys are right there. And like I said, I can say that right now. Cause I think it might be done with you guys. Uh, you guys are right. There are some, some pitchers that you guys have got going right now and you guys can hit a little bit and you seem to be having a lot of fun. Um, how's your experience been, been thus far in Brooks? Um, what's been some uh, high points in that season, uh, just uh, the community and then the, the game day experience in general in Brooks? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to play here in a playoff game. I, I can tell you that much. Um, uh, our fans have been a lot of fun to deal with. Um, the The thing that I've noticed about the WCBL just in general is people that come to the games know baseball. Yeah. And it's it's very apparent. Like some, some of the chirps coming from the stands have been like, damn, that was actually pretty good. Like you actually get this game a little bit. Yeah. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The the atmospheres have been incredible. I think Okotoks and Sylvan do a great game day media. I, I think their their on field stuff has been great. Um, I mean, Lethbridge is a cool older stadium. Playing in Moose Jaw the other day was cool with the old time feel. Um, 
there it's just it, it's a good vibe up here the the baseball's good the atmospheres are good and then you get a ton of ab's and you you can get your work in how is it different like you said you, you grew up in the, like in and around the north woods league how is this league a little bit different than than the north, north woods league other than uh, the amount of games but uh, well i love the travel schedule here because i don't have to spend all summer in a hotel room which is nice um, well, we only have to do a couple nights here and there. Um, but we're home every night. The billets have been absolutely incredible. Um, there's, there's just, it's a more sense of community, um, for me, at least in Brooks, uh, the Northwoods league, obviously having 2,500 to 7,000 every single night is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but there's still the talent up here. The, it, you might not have the big D1 names all over the place like you would in that league, but I don't see any reason why this league isn't as competitive, maybe one step below that as, I mean, it could be. What's the, uh, what's been other than, like you said, your billet family and then the, the uh, what's been the best part of your first experience uh, in the Western Canadian Baseball League? Uh, we've had a pretty much a two-year hiatus. Yeah, we had a five-team uh, league last year, but it wasn't, it was pretty, uh, it was shitty. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. Um, what's been your best experience uh, this year in the WCBL? I mean, Brooks, Alberta, what else is there? <laughs> you just lied to me. <laughs> um, honestly, just getting to know people, uh, getting to meet kids, um, talk with fans, um, getting heckled and then going and actually having a conversation with people has been funny. Cause you see them like not know what to do for the first couple conver- or conversation pieces and then they realize like oh you you're gonna have a conversation with me all day and then a good thing happens for their team and they let me hear it yeah and then a good thing happens for us and then i turn around and just give them a nice little smirk and it, it's all in good fun i mean it, it's been really fun getting to know people up here no it's i i have a blast doing like there's there's days where i uh I wouldn't want to go as far as say I, I'm dreading going to a game. There's days you're like, ah, oh, Jesus, I'd rather not. But then when, once I'm there, it, it's it's always fine. It's always a good time. Yeah, there's some, but by the end of the game, I'm usually smiles and everything's good. There, but there are times I'm not gonna lie that I like, like right now, I'm not just like right now, for example, I'm like, geez, it's a nice day outside. I don't really want to drive the medicine hat in a game that who knows what's going to happen. It could be a two hour event, it could be a four hour event. So you kind of get you 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 talk yourself out out of it a little bit. Uh, if you could change one thing in the WCBL, what would it be? I think if we could set up the um, scheduling a little bit better, where we're not bouncing all over the place. Yeah, 100%. Like, if we could do, like, we were talking about it during the All-Star game. If we could do a Tuesday-Wednesday series and then a Friday-Saturday-Sunday series, you give everybody off two days a week, you can set up your pitching that way. And then on top of that, you're still getting your 40 to 50, 48 to 50 games. And the league's going to be, I think, better for it because guys aren't going to be as tired. Yeah. I, yeah. The biggest thing for me is going back. I, I'd go down back to a 48 game season, uh, have the playoffs actually going right now because you, we're, you guys are going to get in a situation if you go deep that you're not going to have some players left. And there's going to be a lot of teams that are losing players. Like you guys lost a guy on, uh, on Sunday already, and it's going to happen throughout the league. You see less and less uh, players that are impactful players. 
that it's going to, to, to hurt quite a bit come uh, the team that usually has the most players left at the end of the season. That's who usually wins. I, I mean, you look at some of these teams that have academy affiliates and there's a couple extra guys in dugouts, but we're, I'm surprised with how many that we still have. I think we're still at like 25, 26, yeah. which at this point in the year, like I know is tough because you're seeing teams with 18, 19, 21. Like it's, it, this is where it gets fun because you're going to see position players, maybe pitching. You're going to see pitchers, maybe playing a position Jeez. and it, it's all, it creates for the theatrics. No, I mean, fans don't know any better. They, no, they, they don't even know who the players are in general. And so it, they see a new kid come on the mound. They see a new kid come into play, see a kid swing the bat for the first time. And it's like, they're just excited to see it. And it's going to be interesting. They're like, we're, we're all blowing uh, rainbows and unicorns, and everything else here. But there's gotta be something that other than the schedule, something like what's been the worst experience so far that you've had uh, in this league. There's gotta be something. I mean, you're, you're a pretty positive guy from what I know of you being on the field with you and talking to you here today, you're a positive fella, but there's gotta be something that you're like, I cannot believe I'm part of this. I never want to see this. What's been the worst experience so far in your WCBL tenure? Besides working with you and Brandon on games. uh... (laughs) Well, Brandon. Yeah. I'm (laughs) I'm a peach to be around. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I I think if you give the coaches an opportunity to um, give reports on games, like um, it, it cleans everything up because we're, we're not going to sit there and hound umpires all game long. We can put it in a report and we can let guys know, Hey, it's coming from two sides. The zone gets a a minus grade today the calls, the positioning, something that happened, we can give a quick five-minute report, and you're getting it from both sides. So if one side's complaining, you can look at it and go, hey, this is what it is. And then at the same time, if both sides are complaining, okay, maybe it was that bad. Yeah, we used to have evaluators that that would travel around and do a a few games a year, and and I maybe I just didn't pay attention because I'm kind of a loop when it comes to that stuff. Um, I haven't seen anybody come around and, and say, yes, no, maybe so to me, or maybe they're watching on home team live. Now. I don't, I don't know, but nobody's, nobody's told me great game, bad game, indifferent, nothing. I haven't received a thumbs up or thumbs down all season long. And I, I'm at 30 some games already uh, with four to go. Uh, it's odd that that, like, cause we, we kind of officiate the game and we're supposed to be there to, to do it. And we, ha- we haven't heard a thing. And so if guys are, are, aren't good or, or, or are really good, um, like I said, maybe they're watching on, on the home team live thing, but it, right now, nobody really knows. Yeah. I mean, and I, I have my opinions on East versus West, how that umpiring works, but it, it could be better. But other than that, I mean, realistically, this league's been absolutely incredible. I think it's a great place to come for guys that want to get better. I think it's a great place for coaches that want to grow. I know I have over the year. I mean, it's been, it's been a very informative time for me, but at the end of the day, there's going to be good and bad with everything and the good far outweighs the bad here. No, I, I agree. Like it's, it's, I have a lot of fun. It's, 
like the, the season is, it feels like it's starting to drag a little bit. We're into August now, and there's uh, still three weeks to go before the, I think the, if it goes the distance for all the playoff games, it goes the 18th of August. So it seems to be dragging a little bit, but once the intensity picks up a little bit, uh, come playoff time, which are just best of three series, I believe it'll, uh, it'll become a lot, a lot more fun. And, uh, hopefully we, uh, we see out there. I'm not playing favorites by any means, Jake. So don't think you're going to be getting a call because uh, you're here joining me on the 1420 podcast. But uh, I, you never a, know. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you one. Why not? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's we'll fine. figure it. Out. Brandon will give it right back, so it's fine. <laughs> I, I will give it, and he will take it away. Uh, ready to play some pepper? Sure. Favorite player growing up? David Wright. He's a good player. Favorite player, uh, favorite team growing up. I was a Twins fan. I've been in the vicinity, right? Like it's the closest yeah, thing you so, guys would have, probably. Uh, about three hours from Minneapolis and three hours from Milwaukee. So we'd go to Brewers games all the time. We'd go. I actually was uh, there when they during the All Star game, the home run derby, um, with uh, Sammy Sosa launching balls out of the stadium. Yeah. Um, my first year of college, I got to play in the Metrodome, so that was kind of cool. I've been to Target. It's nice. It's a nice field. I like that. Yeah. So I I grew up going to the Metrodome and just sitting there watching just terrible baseball on the carpet. Yeah. And, and all getting lost in the, the yeah and building a team, and... building a team for speed and then moving outdoors was one of the most frustrating things in the world because you got to hit the ball out of the ballpark at that point. Like you're not playing on carpet anymore. And then the plexiglass they had, that's yep. a thousand years ago, but yeah. Yep. Uh, how old were, were you when you hit your first home run? I think 11 or 12. Where was it? At, um, at the park right by my house in Little League. Do you remember who the pitcher was? It was off one of my buddies. I just don't remember which one. One rule you would change in Major League Baseball if you were given the opportunity to be commissioner for a day. You get one rule, anything you want to do. Bring back the contact at the plate. Oh, really? Yeah. That that has changed the game quite quite a bit. I would uh, one thing I would do as to to get the game moving, once a pitcher comes out of the bullpen, he gets three pitches, that's it. Let's go. You've been throwing down there for an hour and a half. You're telling I, me you, you can't get rid of them. You can't, you can't get used to the mound in three. That's enough. I mean, I get, I mean, you can go the three batter rule. I think that's stupid. Uh, but I, I think bringing back contact, obviously I don't want guys to get hurt, but we're the only base that you can't cover standing over it when a bait, when a ball's coming to you. And that's the one that matters the most. Hey, it doesn't so, make sense. Uh, one more for you. Best player you ever played with or against, and how far did that did said person go? Um, I played against Tim Hill, who is pitching in Major League Baseball. Uh, played against Darton, uh, Dalton Varsho in high school, um, who's now with the Diamondbacks. Um, Cedric Mullins was either a year behind me or in the same year of the summer collegiate league I played in. Yeah. Um, so 
No, that's fun. Uh, Jake, thanks for joining us on the show. We went a little longer than uh, than I anticipated. I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a diva. I, I started a little bit late. We went a little further than, than we should have. We wanted to, but uh, it was a fun conversation. We'll get this out to the masses tonight, and hopefully you uh, some of your insight gets out to people. And uh, where can people follow you on Twitter and everything else? And what do you got going on after you're done with the, uh, the Brooks Bombers in uh, maybe the middle of August? What do you got going on? So uh, social media, Instagram and Twitter is Jake Lindy at or Jake Lindy 2021. Um, I'm sure you can, uh, you posted it with the um, tweet. Um, and then we start fall workouts at the college, the 22nd. So, so um, you guys go all the way. You got to, you got to trek to make quick like, yep. I, I got to be back for workouts right away. So it's, and then we get into our fall and then I'm gone September and October every weekend at some recruiting event, either in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Houston, Texas, Jupiter, Florida. I'm all over the place again. So, wow. It's, it's, a, it's a job now. It's not just a recreational event baseball for you. Hey, I'd much rather do this than wear a suit. No, that's 100% true. No, Jake, thanks a lot for joining us. We'll get this out there. Uh, we'll talk we'll talk baseball. Maybe we'll have you on the show again when, when it's all said and done. But when you're down at your college in uh, in October, we'll uh, update how things are going down there for you. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Good talking to you. And maybe we'll see you next week. Who knows? Hopefully. Okay. If you guys keep going, when uh, we'll be there to, to screw something up for you guys for sure. But, Jake, <laughs> once again, thank you very much. And we will uh, talk to you guys later. The 1420 Podcast and Follow Tips brought to you by Manscaped and Manscaped.com. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys later. you for listening to this belly up sports podcast network product some said we go belly up so we made it our name and we're still here lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details